Welcome into Sports Tonight. Emily Gagnon here, writing solo tonight, but don't worry, don't worry, I have you covered with so many different topics. And we're going to start off with the biggest one of the weekend on this Monday, Saturday after UGA's second scrimmage of fall camp. Kirby Smart did something I did not think he was going to do. He announced this year's starting quarterback. I thought for sure he'd have us waiting until September 2nd at like 6 o'clock right at kickoff against UT Martin in their season opener. That's when we would find out who would be the leader on offense. But he went away. He, he decided that he should go ahead and tell us that it is Carson Beck who won the, the job. Uh, and this should come as no shock to anyone. It surprised me that Kirby announced it so early, but it didn't shock me to hear that it was Carson Beck who won the job out of the three quarterbacks. First and foremost, he is the redshirt junior, junior at the oldest on the team as far as quarterbacks are concerned. Um, he's been in the system the longest, on the team the longest. He has the most experience. No, he has never started in a game, which, yes, might frighten some fans out there. But out of the three quarterbacks, he is the one who has the most experience on the field. Um, 310 yards last season for four touchdowns. He was Stetson Bennett's backup. So you've got to keep in mind Brock Vandegrift and Gunnar Stockton, the other two quarterbacks who were in this battle, who will back up Carson Beck. Uh, their experience is very, very minimum. Uh, so this was the right choice, in my opinion. You're going with the guy who at least has had some minutes, has taken sun snaps during an actual college football game. Uh, he's had some meaningful minutes. And, you know, as soon as Stetson Bennett left, went on to the NFL, uh, all through spring ball, it was Carson Beck who was taking the most reps with the first-team offense. So, again, this all makes sense. This feels good. Uh, I think for Carson Beck, this is great because he absolutely did earn the job. I say that because he decided not to transfer out of UGA when it was looking you know, like he wasn't going to play for a while. And he stuck around, he stuck it out, and now he is QB1 for the Dogs uh, coming game one in a couple of weeks. So we'll see how he does. Uh, I, I don't expect him to have a real test probably until the dogs are at Auburn. Uh, South Carolina comes to UGA week three. Uh, that's the first SEC game on the slate for the dogs. And uh, But it will be at Sanford Stadium. I don't expect USC to come in there and um, you know give the dogs something they can't handle. And obviously, Carson Beck has a very good defense that's going to help him throughout all of these games. So uh, if, if we take it back to two years ago when the Dogs first won their first national championship in 2021, um, that defense was way better than the offense. I'm going to go ahead and say it. And they really, really helped uh, Stetson Bennett you know, as, as he transitioned into being the number one guy. Um, so, and that defense was like number one in the country in so many categories. So I expect UGA's defense to be just as good this year. They've been able to maintain what Kirby Smart always says is, uh, you know, a certain level of excellence. Uh, he certainly won't let the defense, uh, you know, I want to say be bad because he is a defensive-minded coach and he's the one who goes in there and makes sure that they do exactly what's needed to win games. 
So for me, um, I'll say it again, Carson Beck was the right pick. You know, Bobo is the new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin no longer there. But I still think that that shouldn't change much. I think the offense will still look very similar to what it did the last two seasons. So Carson Beck knows exactly what to do. He knows what he's doing. Uh, and, you know, if the dogs need to adjust, they'll adjust. You got Brock Vandergriff. You got Gunnar Stockton. Sure, they're younger. They don't have many minutes of experience. But at some point, their numbers might get called. Uh, we have been told that the difference between Carson Beck, uh, the QB1, and QB2, Brock Vandergriff, is the fact that Beck is very good in the pocket. He can throw the ball very well versus Vandegrift, who is very mobile. He can take off. Uh, he's more of a Stetson Bennett-like player. So maybe they'll get used in different packages, in different situations. Uh, that's certainly an option for the dogs, and, and I, I'm sure that they are um, you know, installing those different plays and, and putting that all together in the playbook so both quarterbacks get used, but for right now, the ball is being handed off to Carson Beck as the top quarterback for UGA. We will see how that works out here in a couple of weeks against UT Martin. Again, I don't expect him to be tested for a while, but that's good. He'll be able to go out there, get his feet wet, get get used to being the number one guy. Um, and that offensive line is, is very good every year for UGA. Those guys are big. Uh, they can protect the quarterback. So if he ever gets into any situations, I expect Cedric Van Pran and company to be able to help him out a little bit too. Um, so Kirby went ahead and did it, and I was surprised, but not surprised by the pick. Moving on to the Falcons. They have one preseason game left this Thursday at home. They host the Steelers in game two this past Friday. We got to see a little bit of what we might uh, be able to expect in 2023 with the starters, uh, you know, taking some snaps, not very many. Uh, if you got to the game late, you certainly didn't see the guys out there. It, it, they only played in that opening drive. You got to see Desmond Ritter. Uh, really what most people wanted to see uh, was B. John Robinson, the number one overall, uh, their number, their first round, I apologize, pick from this past season, top 10 running back. Um, Kyle Pitts went out there, which was good after his injury. He hadn't played since November after getting surgery. So he was able to get out there, um, catch, you know, a quick pass and um, Drake London. So most of the offense and who you should be most excited about seeing was on the field uh, for like something like 15 or so plays. Uh you know, for me, Bijan Robinson definitely looked good. Um, I think that obviously they don't want to use him too much this preseason, uh, but head coach Arthur Smith wanted to get him out there, wanted him to see what it was like to play in a game on that field on his new uh, home turf. So that was good. It was a small sample size, but I think we can take away uh, the fact that he is aggressive and he's going to play like that in the regular season. His first carry in the NFL was a first down. I mean, not many players can say that. So that was nice to see. Um, let's see, four carries for 20 yards, one reception for six yards. Again, just the opening drive. That's when he participated. And, you know, I think what it told me when I watched him play he is that he'll get used um, in all kinds of ways this season. He's very versatile, can run the ball, catch the ball. We've said it several times. Um, 
you know, Coach Smith and company might line him up anywhere on the field, and uh, it'll work. So I think that's why he was drafted in the top 10 as a running back, which is unheard of nowadays. Running backs just don't get taken that high up. But this is the reason why. And after the game, um, you know, Bijan was asked, what's one thing that you learned? What's one takeaway from this debut that you had in the NFL? And he just said, you know, I got to slow things down a little bit. I got to be patient. I have to let things come to me. Even though he had a great uh, showing, he was just saying that the game is faster once you're out there. And that is the main thing that people, players say when they go from college to NFL. It's, it's the, the speed of the game they have to get used to. It's so much faster than in college. And um, so year in and year out, you hear that from rookies. And we heard it from Bijan. No matter how good he is, he said, you know, the speed of the game is different. That's what he has to get used to. He has to learn to be patient, let the ball, let things come to him, and everything will be fine. But he was very happy with his performance. Falcons fans seem to be very happy as well. So um, for Bijan, it's looking like a very bright future. Calais Campbell, the oldest man on the team, the guy who's been in the NFL for more years than I can count. You know, he said that Bijan has, um, you know, he's special. You can tell that right away. You don't even have to watch him in a game to be able to realize how good he is. You see him in practice. He has a different gear. He calls it the fifth gear. And when he goes into fifth gear, you better watch out. So, I think, you know, come week one, obviously we'll see Bijan a lot more. But uh, Tyler Algier, we also got to see him out there. The other running back who uh, had over a 1,000 yards last year as a rookie. Can't forget him. Certainly don't want to forget him. He played so well for the Falcons last year. So those two, uh, I don't know if they'll share reps during the regular season. I don't know if it's going to be like 50-50, but you got to imagine that both of them will be used and perhaps that'll help them uh, have longer careers because they won't take as bad of a beating as if it was just one of them. But, but, But the two of them will get the ball quite a bit, it appears. Uh, So that was pretty cool to see. Uh, The defense continues to look very much improved from last season. We saw that in the first preseason game, and then we saw it again um, in the second. So this week, uh, we'll see how they do against the Steelers. But uh, it's looking good so far. No losses in the preseason. I don't know how much you can take away from that. I always wonder, uh, you know, does it really translate into the regular season and – I mean, I don't know how much you can actually put into these games as far as, uh, you know, the starters because they don't play much, but maybe you're able to see who your second and third teamers are going to be or, or, you know, guys who need to get cut. And that's really what the preseason games are about is um, seeing who should make that final cut. And that final cut is coming very, very soon. All right, moving on to baseball. The Braves host the Mets tonight. They've won four straight series. Uh, They swept the Yankees, and they almost swept the Giants over the weekend. They lost by a single run yesterday, 4-3. to The offense wasn't as explosive as we've seen it, uh, but, you know, the Braves do have to lose every once in a while. That is normal. Um, It is baseball. But, um, you know, If they had swept the Giants, it would have been their second straight series sweep, which is incredible to think about. Um, Again, four four series in a row that they've won. And entering last night's game, they were winners of eight of their last ten. So the Braves are in a really good position right now. They've been playing consistent all season long on offense. They're bats have been hot. Um, They lead the league in home runs. We talk about it all the time and they aren't slowing down. It isn't like you just see flashes of greatness and then, you know, they, they, they simmer down a bit. That's not what happens with these Braves. They continue to be consistent um, 
whether at bats, and that's what's going to make them so strong come the playoffs. You know, their lineup, it's – you know, the entire lineup, it's so strong. You know, you get through, you know, the first three guys, and then as far as a pitcher being on an opposing team, you still have to look out for, you know, guy four, five, six, seven, because you just don't know what you're going to get from any of them. Uh, the the bad news, and it's not awful news, but Michael Harris II didn't play yesterday. He had a right foot contusion. Um, he, you know, he's not on IL or anything, but um, – for right now, you know, he didn't play yesterday. And then Ozzy Albies, uh, hamstring strain, he's on the 10-day. Um, I also will see, you know, in 10 days how that looks for him. But he, from what we've been told, has been out on the field, you know, moving around and stuff. So it's not looking like the worst kind of injury. Uh, Max Freed did not look great over the weekend. But I, in my opinion, believe he's still kind of like shaking off, um, you know, returning uh to playing after his injury, he was out for quite, 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 quite some time. So um, the Braves have the Mets at home their next three games, and then they hit the road again. Uh, but for right now, it just appears that you know no team can slow them down. You you keep your mind keeps thinking, or at least mine mine does. Like who in the playoffs might really challenge them or make them uncomfortable, put them in a weird spot. And right now, I just don't know that many teams could. You know, you look, um, the Dodgers might be able to compete, and, and that would be a heck of a series because uh, Freddie Freeman. It, it will forever, as long as Freddie Freeman is with the Dodgers, it will forever be um, one of those series. You know, uh, Freddie against his former team and um, all, all that. But for right now, it's it's looking like the Braves are. I mean, unstoppable, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna stick to my sentence when I say that they really do look unstoppable. Atlanta United back at it after a while. Um, they were at Seattle last night. A really late first kick, 10:30. Some, I don't know, maybe some of you might have already been sleeping, but uh, they did beat the Sounders 2-0. They absolutely needed that win. Um, entering that match, there were 10 left in the regular season. Right now, uh, the Braves are making a massive push, you know, to make it into the playoffs, to make it to the postseason. Uh, something that when they first, you know, became a club, they were able to do year in and year out. But as of late, they've struggled to do that. Uh, Jorgis Yakamakis, guys, we cannot talk about Atlanta United without talking about him. He has 12 goals this season. Uh, the leader in all of MLS has 13. So he's one goal away uh, from that golden boot who, uh, you know, here in Atlanta, we've seen uh, Joseph Martinez get that award for the most goals scored in a single season. So um, wouldn't that be something if Jorgis Yakamakis Gigi would be able to do that in his first season with the club? But he has made the transition beautifully. He's played so well for Atlanta United, um, and it's showing. Again, like almost leading the league in goals. Uh, he has been brilliant for the team, for the club. Uh, Gonzalo Pineda, you know, he used to coach uh, the Sounders in Seattle. So it was a homecoming for him, and he was able to get it done with his new team. I'm sure that felt really good for him. Um, but now, you know, they've... This is what they wanted to do after that break. They wanted to come out, make a huge push. That's exactly what they did. Nine matches left, and every single one of them counts to get into the playoffs. Um, so, you know, we'll be we'll be watching them along the way, but I think as long as, uh, 
you know, Gigi continues to play the way he does. And he also plays some really good defensive um, soccer. You know, he, he really can play on the defensive side of that ball. Um, as long as he continues to play that way, I think Atlanta United has a good chance. Again, just like they did with Martinez, one player can make a huge, huge difference in soccer. Um, I think you see that in Miami with Messi. <laughs> so um, if Gigi continues to play the way he has, I believe Atlanta United has a chance. Um, but we will see how that works out here over the next nine matches in the regular season. Um, what's on my mind today? Well, it's the tour championship this week at East Lake here in Atlanta. We've got a few former dogs who will compete. Uh, and usually that's who I talk about. I usually talk about the former dogs or the dogs, but I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to talk about the heat in Georgia. Um, usually I feel like athletes are unaffected by the heat and they're just used to it. It's one of those things they go out there during training camp. Uh, for an example, for the Falcons, a lot of times they practice early just because of that heat. They go out there, they try to beat it in college football it's the same thing uh if you talk to head coach kirby smart and you ask him about heat he likes to get his players out in the heat because he thinks it helps them uh, condition their bodies of course he wants them uh to do it safely but he you know he believes that that is an advantage for the dogs a lot of coaches believe the heat is an advantage because if you can play in the heat or you know practice in the heat uh be out there doing any kind of movement in the heat then everything will come easier in the fall again safely um, but for golfers coming here this week on Thursday Friday rounds one and two you know it's supposed to be around 100 degrees so we will see how they you know uh, are able to handle the heat later in the week but it's going to be brutal out there at Eastlake uh, but I think they'll you know obviously they'll still be out there playing in the elements but it will definitely add um, you know a little It'll, we'll see how they can play in that heat. It'll add a challenge for all of the golfers to be able to withstand the elements throughout the week. Uh, but I look forward to, you know, rounds one through four. It's always a really fun tournament and, um, we'll be out there all week covering it. So it won't be just the athletes putting up with the heat. It will also be us. So I will let you know, um, how bad it really is out there. Uh, but I'm, you know, plenty of liquids and, and, you know, they're athletes at the end of the day, so they've, they put up with this, but it, it is going to be very, very warm. I, I've been here for seven years. I can't remember the last time we talked about East Lake being a hundred degrees, uh, during any, uh, tour championship. So we'll see how that works out, but hopefully everybody will be safe. Um, but it will add an element to how they play. We will see how they're able to, and you know, a lot of these golfers play, you know, in, in uh, rain and stuff like that, but, uh, the heat is definitely a different beast and we'll see how they do. That does it for me, uh, on August 21st, Monday. Uh, you guys have a great week. Uh, we'll talk to you later this week. But um, for right now, sports in Georgia looking really, really good. College football kicking off so soon. Georgia Tech will kick it off for us on Friday, September 1st from Mercedes-Benz Stadium against Louisville. So uh, we only have a couple weeks to go, and we'll be talking about college uh, football for real, for real. It'll be really exciting. Thanks, guys. Have a good night.